Good afternoon. My name is Leon Rodriguez. I am a partner in the Washington, D.C. office of Seifarth Shaw. And I am here today with my good colleague from Sacramento, Scott Mallory, Primo Labor Employment Lawyer. Uh, and we are here today to launch our introductory podcast in our series, What to Expect Post-Election in Labor and Employment. And we're going to start by talking uh, about the election itself. And when I say the election, not the one that just happened, the Electoral College has already met after all, uh, but the one that's coming, and that's that special election in Georgia that can make a huge difference uh, in what we're going to see in February and beyond. Scott, tell us a little bit about what we're watching in Georgia. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting because everybody right now has Georgia on their mind, and it's got to be great for the, the state of Georgia and the great city of Atlanta. Um, you know, I think that Biden has put out a bold, progressive agenda and his ability to pass the broad sort of sweeping legislation that he's, uh, no, I don't want to say promised, but he said that he'll support uh, it's going to be impossible without a win from both Democrats in Georgia. Uh, just check the polling right before we talk, Leon, and David Perdue and Kelly Leffler both hold small polling leads. So we'll see what happens there. But I did want to note that, you know, even if uh, both Democrats win and go on and the there's that slim majority with Kamala Harris breaking the senatorial deadlock, Moderate Democrats like Joe Manchin are still going to slow things up. Like, for example, currently there's a version of the PRO Act, which would, is very, very, very pro-union and also has some sort of hidden uh, little uh, employer obligations, sorry, such as independent contractor obligations. But there's no way a moderate Democrat like Joe Manchin would vote for that right now, right? So even if they both win, the legislation is still going to have to change. So the importance of it is cannot be understated, but at the same time, it's not going to, Joe Biden's not going to be able to implement his broad policy uh, agenda, even if they both win. Leon? Yeah, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, you hear about uh, people talking about Republicans in name only, and I guess they call those rhinos. And so now are we going to be talking about Democrats in name only, and are we going to call those Dinos? You know, that's, Apparently. That, that's, that's, really what I, that's really what I'm watching. Um, yeah. But, you know, one, one thing, you know, you did mention, uh, uh, allude to a bit is, uh, you know, what, what can the executive branch do? I mean, if it doesn't have Congress, uh, are there things that President Biden can still do? There is a lot he can do, he can do, especially you know reversing a lot of you know Trump issued an incredible amount of executive orders, especially in the environmental regulation area, which you know which will affect employers who will if he reverses those will those will then have to comply with them. Um, you know typically anything that deals with the purse, yeah, is going to need some kind of congressional approval to get money. But if there's already money allocated then the executive is going to have a lot of authority in how to allocate that money, which is why Joe Biden, if he, will have, if he doesn't get a Republican or if he doesn't get a Senate of the same party, will be able to issue executive orders moving money around that was already allocated to the Affordable Care Act, say for advertising, right? So there is a broad swath of things that can be done through executive order. 
But I think that you and I talked, Leon, about the courts in the last four years, and that might blow up some of these executive orders that we expect to come out at a flurrying pace. Right, right. Yeah, the courts, I think, are going to be a, a, a big factor. Um, I mean, are, are these things we're going to see, you know, day one? Uh, you know, what, what do we think is going to be the velocity of change here? Well, I, again, we're all going to have to go back to that's going to all depend on Georgia. And, of course, we all we, we sometimes forget about the pandemic is also going to play into this. I mean, this, I have a feeling that the first legislative thing that Joe Biden's going to do is uh, some kind of broad pandemic response is are they going to try to add some of his I don't know, labor employment uh, priorities into a pandemic response, say changes to the Affordable Care Act? I don't know. Um, I think that things are going to move slowly, right, it's, especially if there's a block in, in in the Senate. But I think, Leon, you might have a different perspective on this. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I have a, at least I'm aware of some things that maybe uh, mean things are going to move more 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 quickly than we might guess, and that is I'm, I'm actually hearing from people uh, calling me, letting me know that they're having interviews at different uh, federal agencies for, for political appointment jobs. So not only are we hearing about uh, cabinet secretary nominations, uh, but there seems to be a fairly concerted effort, unprecedented, certainly uh, if you look at the Obama, Trump, uh, Bush administrations, unprecedented to start getting political appointees into those agencies immediately, not just those top cabinet secretaries, but uh, uh, political appointees at all levels, you know, this is an administration that wants to get in and start governing now. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it'll just be curious to see what happens. What, what do you guess are going to be the big issues uh, that, that President Biden is going to try to lead on in those, in those first weeks and months? You know, I think that he's going to come out strong uh, – trying policies to support employees in the workplace um, from, you know, as we talk about Scott Hecker, will be doing a podcast on OSHA and I would expect a Biden administration OSHA to focus a lot more on sort of enforcement. There'll be wage and hour changes. He's Joe Biden has promised to increase the minimum wage. There may be some paid leave changes. I would expect changes to arbitration clauses, which is, of course, very, very important and a huge issue right now. There may be joint employment changes. So there's a, there's a lot that's going to happen in the L&E world, I think, that we're going to be talking about on this podcast. You know, what I'm hearing is that the Vegas bookies are, are betting on minimum wage being the thing they lead on. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's right. It, and and I, I, you know, it's, I'm just joking, but I, I think that, you know, I would tend to agree that, that that's probably going to be a real uh, signature early administration issue for them. Uh, on the admit, uh, immigration front where, where I work, um, I actually think you're going to see, uh, with respect to the kinds of immigration issues that employers care about, which is sponsored immigration, uh, which is worksite immigration policy, um, I think you're going to be a, see a more cautious uh, Biden administration than some folks would expect. So I think you're going to see, you know, real movement on on the dreamers and uh, um, efforts to to get the situation in the border at hand to make that a, a bit more humane. Uh, but, you know, in terms of big changes that affect employers, uh, my belief is that that's still, uh, uh, might, might, as you said, the pace of change there, the velocity of change there, I think might, yeah. might be slow. I think the other big factor here, uh, as you had alluded to, 
uh, is going to be the courts. And a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of legacy Trump uh, uh, regulations and, and uh, executive uh, actions and what have you that are going to continue in litigation into the Biden administration. Yeah. Very uh, uh, interesting to see what positions are taken. Yeah. Uh, I think as the Biden administration begins to take actions of its own, they will be challenged by forces in the other direction. Uh, yeah. And all of that is going to mean for a very um, uh, you know, exciting from those of us for whom this is uh, an area of academic press, but I think for employers, unfortunately, uh, a period of a lot of uncertainty as to where things are going to land uh, on yeah. a large number of issues. Uh, I think so that, I think that, that uncertainty is the key word there, Leon. And you know, the, so so uh, you know, as as we wrap up for for this uh, this uh, Friday afternoon, kind of cloudy here in the in the D.C. metro area. Okay, but it's nice uh, and sunny in California. Yep. Oh, is it really? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm jealous. Maybe uh, you know, maybe the day will come when we can do these live from somewhere sunny. But I think for the time being, we're going to one day stuck with the weather we have. Um, so, but we're looking forward to uh, welcoming you all to our future uh, podcasts. Uh, we got Scott Hecker is going to be, I think, the next one talking about OSHA. Uh, looks like Scott's got one he's working on, and uh, we're going to really uh, be coming to you with a number of critical topics related to this presidential transition. Uh, we're going to jump on developments as they happen, and we're looking forward to talking to you uh, a whole bunch more about these important issues. Thanks for joining us today on the Cypherth Policy Matters podcast. So you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to visit Cypherth.com where you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. While you're at it, we'd appreciate you sharing us with your colleagues on LinkedIn or your preferred social media.